Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunday special. This is James Fisher for the JRPG Report. This is going to be episode 12 of our special Sunday series. And today we're going to focus on a title that I've been kind of skirting around for a while. And that is the, I'll put quotes around this, the newest uh, game from Falcom in the Trail series. And that is... I've been trying to work on my pronunciation of this, but I still don't think it's very good. Hajimari no Kaseki. Uh, also known as Trails of the Beginning. Now, we're going to go kind of back to where it began at and give you every bit of information that I know about the game as of right now. And I want to do this as a Sunday special because it has... Some pretty mild to major spoilers in the articles that are written about it. And so what I have done, though, is I think by replacing, um, and I'm going to use this term a lot, after the events of Cold Steel 4, (laughs) um, instead of detailing what the articles have said, I believe we can kind of skirt around that issue. Obviously, some things have been kind of ruined for me that I was looking forward to playing out in Cold Steel 4, since we still don't have it and won't have it until at the earliest the fall. That way you can listen and get an understanding about what this game is without getting too much ruined. Now, if you've not played through the Cold Steel series up through Part 3, there's not things I can really do about that. Um, And there are even some ties into the Crossbell Saga, we'll we'll touch on that briefly as well. So let's go ahead and we'll go ahead and take our break for our sponsorship. And then we'll get into what this new game is all about and what you can really look forward to when this game hits uh, Japan in late summer and hopefully here in the West in 2021. Alright guys, let's get into it. I don't think this is going to be an especially long podcast, but I think it will be very informative and should get you excited about this next game in the long-standing Trails series. So let's go back to the very beginnings of this game, and we're going to go back to March of 2019. This is at the Dengeki Game Festival 2019, where Falcom president... Tashihiro Kondo shared some upcoming some artwork from an upcoming game. This was the very first glance we got at this game, and he literally held up three images during his onstage presentation. A fourth image was blurred out. And he promised that in June of that year, there would be more information. And indeed, that did happen on June 29th. During the 15th anniversary live stream, we got some more detailed images of the same characters as well as a full map of the continent of Zemuria, which is the giant continent where all the Trails games take place. Um, it was in Japanese, so we didn't really have exactly <laughs> know what was what, um, but it gave a little bit more information about it. Um, again, showed some screenshots and gave a little bit more information 
about it, but still nothing concrete in terms of what this game was. Um, the next update didn't come until November, where there was a uh, plethora of images shown kind of commemorating the series past as well that they had announced that they had sold over 4.3 million units by that point. Um, and they said that at this point, the next game would be out in September of 2020. Uh, they have since kind of narrowed that down to a summer 2020. I kind of feel like the September feels more likely, especially with what's going on around the world right now. And of course, we we have no clue how development has gone on this in light of the current world situation. So it could even be uh, pushed back even further. But in December of 2019, it was officially announced that The Legend of Heroes Hajimari no Kaseki was announced and given a title. And it was that translate into Trails of the Beginning. This will be a game for PlayStation 4. And it is a offshoot. So here is the official um, quotes that went along with this. This is the end as well as the beginning. The whole of the Empire was weakened. And here we go. <laughs> after the events of Cold Steel 4. Thanks to the efforts of the heroes, the land of Samaria pulled through the crisis and a new fate has been spun, moving the story towards its end point. The game is set on the continent of Samaria after the events of Cold Steel 4. <laughs> the three main characters and their actions all over the continent have caused troubled destinies to become intertwined. One is the hero, and we now uh, can fully know that this is Reen, uh, the image that came along with that is outside the hot springs of Ymir up on the platform where you first uh, access the spirit path with uh, Valimar. The other is the Liberator, and we know that to be Lloyd Bannings, the hero of Crossbell and the star of those two games, which are subsequently getting a re-release for modern consoles on PS4 and hopefully will come to the West as well. The other is the Hermit, and that's the newest character to be revealed, a brand new character that we've not seen before, or seemingly not seen before. The Legend of Heroes, Hachimari no Kaseki, features plenty of new systems that utilize the strength of the Trail series, including a cross-story system that allows players to switch between three routes at will to depict stories happening in parallel from different perspectives. Over 50 playable characters will be included, including some new faces, and expansive episode scenarios that delve into the backgrounds of each character. And here's another part that I don't want to read necessarily, um, but they do ask how the people of Crossbell feel. Their history has been troubled. Um, if you played through Cold Steel 3, then you know that uh, their independence was short-lived. <laughs> and then some more events happen in Cold Steel 4, apparently, that will set the stage for this, um, uh, another event happens that I, if I read the next sentence, it would, it would ruin uh, Cold Steel three and four for you. So I won't even read it. And they say, what is the agenda of the Society of Ouroboros, whose Grand Master 
has advanced their plan even further. So obviously, and you probably could have predicted this as well, Ouroboros is still a mighty society to be dealt with. And we will certainly, uh, I'm sure they, they've been a long <laughs> standing theme in the uh, trail series. And that is no different in this one. In February of 2020, we got the details on the Crossbell story arcs. Remember, it's three different story arcs. They're going to be intertwined. Um, if you have played, um, uh, let me get the names for it. I want to, uh, I want to be accurate in what these are. The Crossbell games were Zero Nogazeki and Ao Nogazeki. Again, those are the ones that are coming out west um, or coming uh, to Japan here shortly and uh, hopefully to the west at some point. Remakes of the PSP uh, games. So this is continuing their story. And even reading the key visual title for this one would give spoilers away. So I'm going to be very careful because while I want to reveal information about this game, I do not want to spoil major things for you. Um, I couldn't help it for myself, but if I should do that to others, I would feel pretty bad about that. So first they talk about the Crossbell State itself, located between the Arabonia Empire and the Republic of Calvert. Crossbell is an autonomous state that is developed as a huge trade city. You finally get to explore that in Cold Steel 3, which was pretty cool. Although it continued to exist under the pressure of the two nations for about 70 years, in the Septarian calendar year of 1205, the Empire took advantage of the chaos caused by Dietrich Royce's Crossbell Declaration of Independence and annexed the state. Afterwards, following the events of Cold Steel 4, <laughs> um, yeah, so afterwards, I, see, I can't even read that part. Okay, I can't read any of that part. I'm not going to read that part because that's not fair. So things happen in Cold Steel 4 that have led to the events of this game. Um, the main uh, department you want to know about is the SSS, the Special Support Sector, and that's where the characters come from. It is a division established within the Crossbelt Police Department agency that maintains the public order of Crossbell to counteract the Bracer Guild. Um, we've across the trail series we've definitely seen the different opinions of the Bracer Guild. Um, it certainly seems like I've only delved into Trails in the Sky a little bit, but they are fully embraced in libel and uh, really utilized. In Arabonia, they have been kind of pushed back to the side. They still acknowledge them. The smaller towns still have branches of them. Uh, that's where we get characters like Sarah from. And now in Crossbell, they seem to be kind of um, on the outskirts. Um, about the SSS, while it was slighted as a publicity stunt at first and ignored by the people, its significance was reviewed as the team frequently solved difficult cases that occurred in Crossville and earned the trust of its citizens. After the occupation of Crossville by the Empire, the Crossville Police Department was reorganized as the Crossville Military Police. And while the special support section was virtually dissolved, 
Lloyd and Company's efforts later did something in Cross <laughs> in Cold Steel Four. Um, to maintain public order in the city, the military police was immediately dissolved and reorganized the Cross Belt Police Department slash Crossbill Guardian Force. Uh, many foreign members were able to return to their old jobs. In the process, the restart of the SSS was decided, with the regional members Lloyd, Ellie, Theo, and Randy resuming activity under the direction of Chief, of Chief Sergei. Uh, first character is Lloyd. He is the main character of uh, this story arc. He's the leader of the SSS. He has a strong sense of justice and indomitable spirit and has solved many difficult cases in Crossbell State. After the events in Cold Steel 3, the occupation, Lloyd was a wanted as a key suspect, but while escaping from his pursuer with Key A, I believe it's how you say it, K-E, capital A, a girl who the SSS was protecting, and Arios, an A-raked bracer. He continued underground operations. I'm, I, I'm reading through this to try to keep certain things out while still getting yourself um, the information. That's probably all I'm going to talk about. The other character is Ellie McDowell. She is the granddaughter of Crossbell Counselor Chairman Henry McDowell. A woman gifted in both beauty and brains, she supports the SSS as the assistant to the leader. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, she utilized her experience to support the SSS by, from when she studied abroad in her youth, an excellent political sense to seek out a path for Crossbell. She's also known by making contact with key figures in the Empire and the Ryford Group. After the events of Cold Steel Four, she resumed her role with the SS with Lloyd and the others. Uh, while working on support requests, she currently spends her days supporting diplomacy as secretary to her grandfather, Chairman McDowell. Uh, interesting character. The next one is Tio uh, Plateau, and or Plato. We were introduced to her uh, in the Cold Steel ranks in Part Three. She had a active role. She's the chief researcher at the Crossbell branch of the Epstein Foundation. After the occupation of Crossbell by the Empire, she was under surveillance by the Imperial Army's Intelligence Division, and despite her restricted action, cooperated with Lloyd and the others behind the scenes. In that process, she made contact with the Empire Thor's military academy, both new and former Class 7 members. The neighboring country's orbital engineers, as well as became good friends with Elisa, Reinford and the, the daughter of the Reinford group, of course, and Tita Russell, the exchange student from Libel at the Thora Branch military campus. After resuming her SSS support activity, she returns as one of the original members. Furthermore, as the chief researcher operating for both the ZCF and the Reinford group, she's also walking the path of an orbital researcher. Next is Randy Orlando. He, of course, was an instructor at the branch campus during Cold Steel 3, and he was an original member of the SSS. 
He's a reliable senior member of Crossbell's Police Department's SSS. And he once belonged to the Red Constellation Jaeger Group. You kind of hear about that a little bit in Cold Steel 3. After the occupation of Crossbell by the Empire, he was separated from his comrades by the strategy of the Crossbell's first governor, General Rufus Alvarez, and worked as an instructor at the branch campus. Through that, he gained experience as an instructor in the Empire and shared strong bonds with many people, including the members of Class 7, Old and New. Um, after the events of Cold Steel 4, uh, his tenure as instructor ended, and he decided to return to his home country. While he was somewhat reluctant to leave his post at the branch campus, where he trained the next generation of soldiers, he decided to resume his role. Now, this is somebody we can speak about freely, as she's a new character, Noelle Seeker. She's a female member who specializes in heavy weapons use and vehicle driving skills, regarded as the next ace of the Crossbell Guardian Force. She joined in on the activities of the SSS for a period of time as a lone member and resolved many difficult cases with Lloyd and the others. During the occupation of Crossbell by the Empire, she worked in secret to engage in resistance activity with volunteers in the Guardian Force and supported Lloyd and company behind the scenes through gathering intelligence on the military and such. After the events of Gold Steel 4, she returned to the reorganized Guardian Force and was promoted from Sergeant Major to Second Lieutenant. She is under the duty of Commander Sonia. There's also a new character I'm not familiar with. His name is Wazy Hemisphere. I guess is how you say it. W-A-Z-Y. Mysterious young man whose Andronimous look attracts public attention. A knight who belongs to the Gauls Ritter, he bears the name Blue Testament as the Ninth Dominion. He once falsified his identity and went into hiding in the downtown district of Crossbell, performing various activities, including a laying a hand of delinquents called the Testaments, and working as an additional member of the SSS with Lloyd. After occupation, he left Crossbell and traveled to various countries as his dominion, and with his participation in the Septimian Church's uh, event, <laughs> he will revisit the land of Crossbell, which is deeply connected, connected along with his new partners. So that's all the members of that story arc. Um, I definitely try it. I it's a it is a slippery slope <laughs> to delve into this game because. I don't want to ruin this for you guys, and there's just so much out there. While I am certainly speaking about things that are known, I feel like from if you've played through Cold Steel 3, I don't feel like you should be um, inundated with anything from Part 4. So I hope you can appreciate <laughs> what I'm trying to do here. It's not easy, and there will be brief pauses as I try to kind of filter out things. And that I see that I don't want ruined for you guys. In this next part, I'm just going to kind of briefly go over the characters from the um, Erebonia side of it. These are characters that you already know by playing through the Cold Steel series. Uh, but in particular, the key visual to it would ruin at least one part of Cold Steel <laughs> 3. And if you've played through through 3, 
you're going to wonder why another part of the image was included as well. It's a very odd thing to even be trying to look at stuff like this. And the entire, you cannot read through any of it. And I would discourage you from doing that if you've not actually played through all of part four because every bit of it is a spoiler. Um, the characters that we know are going to be in here is uh, from all of Cold Steel um, parts one through three. You've got all of class uh, new class seven as well as the old class seven. And yeah, you just don't do any of it. And I'm not going to read any of those characters to you because in their descriptions alone, it will quite ruin um, your <laughs> your playthrough of it. Just know that 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 arc will have all the characters you've come to grow and know and love from uh, parts one through four even. The characters that we can talk about because they are new to this one is the Sinners arc of the category this and this is going to be a little bit uh, confusing in the initial part because the main character is goes by the letter c so you're like well and they even uh, say that he is a knight who hides his face with a full cover mask and excels in battle with his excellent sword play Although he has the same name as the leader of the Imperial Liberation Front, a terrorist organization that once triggered a civil war, his outfit and weapon are different, making his true identity one shrouded in many mysteries. Under the command of former General Rufus Alvarez, who governed Crossbell during its occupation by the Empire, he seems to be single-handedly investigating the disquieting moves of the Imperial defense force um just by the images and the information it doesn't appear to be anything related to the sea that we know from the first two or three crossbell or um cold steel games this although they do have the same letter it and his his or her face is certainly appears to be a male character's face is covered that seems to be where the similarities end, is in name alone. Very odd. The next character is called Swin Abel, and he is a boy who once operated as an assassin. He has two unique swords of different lengths and fights at precise close-range combat depending on the state of battle. He, is a, he has a cool personality and is highly practical, but is often under the thumb of his companion Nadia, whose behavior always causes him worry. A certain incident led him to break free from the organization where he was known as an assassin, and now he and Nadia spend their days fleeing their pursuers. The other character along with him is Nadia Rain. A, a very interesting-looking character. You've uh, We've talked about the image of her before. As uh, In one hand, she has... Uh, a set of three throwing knives. And the other one is a giant tuft stuffed teddy bear. And uh, she's a girl who works with Swin as an assassin. She carries various weapons hidden in her big stuffed animal and exhibits excellent ability to mid to long range combat. Although she always speaks 
unenergetically and without motivation. She has excellent analytical skills and is skilled at tricking enemies with their cute appearance and acting prowess. During their days on the run, after escape from the organization together, Nani and Swin were asked by a certain someone to transport a strange suitcase. I'm not sure who the certain someone is. There is a image that goes along with it which might reveal a little bit about that and is a character from Cold Steel 3. But um, I don't think it'd ruin too much by saying, I don't recall her name off the top of my head, but she is the young lady who runs the uh, trading post there in town and deals in certain <laughs> black market items. So that's not surprising that she'd be maybe the one that would ask them to do that. Um, the next character is called Lapis Rosenberg. And she is a small doll made by the Rosenberg studio with the appearance of a human Girl, she has her own personality and can operate independently, but for some reason she has lost all memory about herself. She is proud to be a Rosenberg doll and acts with an elegance in mind, but can also be a bit awkward at times. She decides to work with C and Swin, who she encounters in the midst of a certain incident, in order to regain her forgotten memories and learn who she is. So in the image for her, she is obviously a very small doll-like creature with different colored eyes, and is standing on the tip of one of the blades of a two-sided axe, which is about twice as big as she is. It's a, She's a very um, unique-looking character. Um, in the newest interview with the Falcom President Kondo, he does say that you need to brush up on an in-game novel called Three and Nine. And I'm unfamiliar with this one, so I'm not sure if this appeared in Cold Steel 3 or before. Maybe it's in Part 4. But this is an adventure novel that became a bestseller in many countries. The story is of an assassin boy, sort of three, and his partner girl, sort of nine. So, there you go. There's the two characters in uh, Swin and Nadia. And it is uh, the story of who they portray their organization and attempt to escape. This novel that depicts the life of two assassins has many fans across all ages and genders. But the mysteries of its unknown Arthur are also one of its talking points. Among its avid readers, there are plausible rumors that the novel was published in various countries in place of a wanted poster in order to capture the people that the protagonists were modeled after so this also gets into the what they're calling the cross story system that i hinted at earlier and it's what i want to kind of talk about for a minute the legend of heroes hajimari no koseki uses this series first cross story system allowing you to progress through the story while searching freely between the three protagonists reen lloyd and c routes are divided by chapters and you can freely switch between routes from the menu screen Significant story developments will occur as you progress to the end of each route in the chapter, allowing you to progress to the next chapter. So they've got a screenshot that goes along with it, and it is in Japanese, so I can only tell you what I can read. And uh, it's a menu, as they say, it's on the menu screen, and there are the three protagonists um, 
side by side. It says cross story on it. And on the left side, it says chapter two and the date of 317. And uh, like for Reen's route, there are two scenario images. For Lloyd, there's just one. But for C, there are three. And these appear to be lined up chronologically. So without seeing it, it's a little hard to describe. Um, in this particular instance, it looks like there are three scenes that have lined up between all three characters. And so at that point, I believe you would be able to pick which one you want to play at that point in time. Now, previously, it looks like Reigns was the only one you could play through for a minute. And then C's was the next one that you would play through in terms of chronologically. Then the three line up, and then there's another one for C. So it sounds like, yeah, you can switch between them at certain points. At certain points, they line up. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they pull this off. My obvious parallel was with Grand Theft Auto V doing three parallel stories at the same time. For the most part, you could switch between who you wanted to play at that time. At other times, stories were locked. You had to play through with certain characters at certain times. Other characters were not available. We'll see how that works out. Um, they say event scenes change with each route. Even if the same location, depending on the route you select, the time of day or the time the story may differ, presenting different situations to obtain different information. In scenes where the main route's characters just miss running into each other, how the event scene plays out and will differ depends on the route. In one route, the characters may be investigating a mystery, while in another route, the story progresses with the mystery already revealed. This sort of thing can only be realized with the cross-story system, so please look forward to the original scenes and story developments of this game. And I mentioned this at one point in time. Uh, there appears to be a scene um, in one of them showing the C route and the other one being Reen, where they are at the same um, the same location, but at different times of day. So obviously the characters are not going to be there. However, in the next one, it's got Reen and sees that they pass each other on the streets and it looks like Nadia's character and, um, oh, I, I've completely, I'm completely drawn a blank, blank on her name. Um, anyway, they notice each other and kind of look back over their shoulder while Reen <laughs> and Elliot are just kind of walking along and don't seem to notice anything at all. Uh, in each route, a countless number of reliable companions will appear to help out the protagonist, including in Lloyd's route, the return of the character Rizia Mao, the, and even, um, in Lloyd's Ride, it has the, the young waitress that won the ends in it as well. So that would be cool to have different characters pop up and be able to be playable with you. If you remember at the end of Cold Steel 2, Reen faced off, um, or you face off against Reen <laughs> as uh, as Lloyd and Rixia. So they've got the voice talents for many of the characters. They are saying there's going to be over 50 playable characters. And it ha you have to, you know, wonder if 
let's say the first, you know, okay, here's what I am actually envisioning the story also being a part of. If you recall, if you've played Dragon Quest four, there are five chapters to the game. The first four are chapters for each one of the groups, whereas the fifth chapter combines the characters from each one of those into a big, massive um, final story arc. I wonder if maybe they're doing something with that here to where you've got your three different paths that you follow along and then at the end you all get together and can then choose from this massive pool of characters. That would be, I mean, they say there's 50 50 playable characters, but I don't imagine that's at one time. If that is the case at the end, oh, Lord help. (laughs) How you would even come to grips with that. Um, Maybe it's a situation where you have multiple parties that you can make groups out of, i.e. tackling a dungeon and having to split into three groups. That would certainly be easier. That's one of the things I definitely struggled with in Cold Steel 3 was finding um, when you combine classes at certain points, how um, how do you pick your favorite characters and which ones to use and which ones you don't. And that is one aspect of JRPGs I've always... The struggle is, on one hand, I kind of like small parties that I don't have to make major decisions on. And on the other hand, I love making who my favorite party would be. Um, Because there's always somebody that misses the cut, right? Like, is a good character, you'd love to develop them more, but they're just not quite good enough to uh to make the cut or they're you know maybe they're a good character but they're super annoying so you want to want to kind of cast them out so that is pretty much everything that i know and has been revealed about this game so far we detailed some of the upcoming things in the last podcast uh, 107 talking about um uh, the future for falcom in general, but those were all things that we've kind of talked about already. Um, I'm very much looking forward to this game. And like I said, I tiptoed around a lot of things for you guys that, uh, you would definitely, if you read up on this game, you would find out. And I, I didn't want to do that to you guys. If you've been avoiding it, I feel like you could have listened to this podcast without, uh, without ruining too much. So as we get new information, I will pass that along of course and hopefully um, we'll get a firm release date for this in japan and then further along the lines i'm a huge fan of (laughs) the legend of heroes series you guys know that well and true so you know i'm looking forward to that one i hope you enjoyed these sunday special number 12 not sure what we're going to do next week but look forward we'll have something fun to talk about nonetheless This has been James Fisher for the JRPG Report. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, get back out there and level up.